Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 262 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast. Bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users, rate and review the show and everyone. Go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And we are back, and it is finally game week for Jackson State University. Well, week one in college football, but college football kicked off last week, week zero. And uh, we have the privilege and honor of playing a familiar foe who has already kicked off the season in week zero. And we have a familiar face here to talk about it with us. You know the face, you know the name. He's the assistant AD for football operations. He's over there in Tallahassee with those rattlers at FAMU, none other than Troy Johnson. Welcome back to Tiger Talk for the third, fourth, fifth time. Hey, man, Corey, man, I appreciate you having me, man. Shouts out to uh, everything that you guys are doing over on 1400 Lynch Street, man, and, and and to all the Tigers out there, man. Glad to be back on and, and talk a little Rattler football and then get ready for the OBC this coming Sunday. Absolutely, man. Another uh, a big game, obviously, another a big game. And some people call it a rivalry. Some people say it's not a rivalry. But, you know, just yeah. with the way the fans go back and forth, man, it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, definitely a game that no one would want to miss. Obviously, Jackson State got the win last year. The Rattlers want revenge. We're not having it, though. We're coming. We're coming back to Florida to leave with another W. We want to get into all that, though. But but first, let's rewind back. As I stated, you guys have already played a game week zero. And I must say, man, uh, valiant effort on the road versus a power five opponent, especially being undermanned. So we can start off with your thoughts on that UNC game. Man, you know, first of all, man, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. And that starts off with our players. It starts off with our seniors and the leadership group that we have on this team. I mean, they they exemplified, you know, everything that this program stands for over uh, a course of about a 40, 48, uh, 72 hour period uh, to talk about what they have experienced and what they had were experiencing at the time um, to even give thought of, hey, we we are not going to play a football game to you know, coming together and changing their mind and saying, hey, we're going to go out. We're going to compete for our brothers that aren't able to go out and compete with us. So so before I, you know, talk about anything that happened in the game, I got to give a shout out to, you know, our senior group that that are uh, compiled of, you know, a bunch of older guys. You know, thanks to COVID, we have some fifth year, six year guys in the program. And, and they did exactly what you expect you know, guys of that age and that caliber to do, and that stand up for their brothers and stand up like men. Uh, 
and, and, and call out some of the some of the wrongs that's going on at our university. So uh, kudos to them, man. But for the game purpose, man, I, I, I am I am so proud of the effort and the fight that our guys showed on Saturday night. Uh, we don't like moral victories. We don't we don't yeah. talk about moral victories. You know what I mean? An old coach once told me more victories get you fired. Right? <laughs> That's true. So, uh, the the effort that they played with on Saturday night was was second to none. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite you know being down some offensive linemen and then losing you know two of them in the game, yeah. uh, we still don't know you know what happened and hadn't gotten a report back from our you know our, our sports medicine team on what that looks like. But you know those two guys going down in the game and then having to play a red shirt freshman and a true freshman and, you know, mixing the lineup and mixing how those guys intertwine up there to say that, you know, our quarterback only got sacked, I think two times and maybe right, took two impressive. more hits, yeah. you know, that was impressive in itself. And, and just the way that, you know, we competed across all phases of the game, you know, offense, defense, special teams, just to see the look in the guy's eyes that, that they never felt like they were out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's a testament to our staff. That's a testament to our head coach, and and the things that he does on a day to day basis, and instills in our in ourselves as, as staff members, and and instills in our players. So, uh, was was glad that we were able to get on the grass again. You know, it's always uh, a calming spirit, regardless to what's going on around you. When you're able to get into your sanctuary, whatever that is, right? And for us, that's that. You know, that's that's that hundred uh, hundred yards of. of turf or grass or whatever you want to call it when we can get out there and, and just do what it is that we love to do it, it always makes things seem like they disappear from around us mm-hmm. you know, we can drop all of our distractions drop all of the outside noise and just focus in on the game that we all love uh for for two and a half three three and a half hours mm-hmm. however long it is it, it makes it makes everything seem right in the world and so mm-hmm. I, i'm just i'm proud of this coaching staff i'm proud of these players and 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 their uh, you know, candidates not to to succumb to everything that was going on around them, but mm-hmm. to rally together, uh, link arm in arm, uh, and, and say we're going to do this for for the people that's in this field house and, and mm-hmm. nobody else, right? right? Because at the end of the day, you know, it's a it's a catchy phrase, but it's the truth. We all we got, we all we need, mm-hmm. and, and that's what and that's the way we we kind of took that mantra into uh, Keenan Stadium on Saturday night. And yeah, we didn't get the outcome that we wanted as far as the win goes, but the uh, the performance and and the measuring stick that that we pull from that uh, it gives us something to look forward to down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the past forty eight you know hours seventy two hours. I can imagine the whirlwind of emotions over the course of the past couple of days for you guys. Uh, but you've had a chance to get back to Tallahassee, uh, get mm-hmm. settled, even get back after it and practice. So how would you describe the current mood of the team and the coaching staff and just overall, where are they mentally? Man, mentally, they're in a good space. Uh, we, we're an optimistic bunch, uh, and it starts from our head man. Uh, he, he's the leader of this outfit, and, and he preaches to us all the time that the glass is half full, it's never half empty, right? And I think from a staff standpoint, we take on that, and it trickles down to our players as well. Um, I think as we speak right now, there's a – uh, post that just hit ESPN where our players decided to come together and, and write a letter to mm-hmm. express their concerns and and uh, their frustrations with some of the processes and some of the procedures that's here at our university. And it's and it's, it's channeling nationwide right now. Mm-hmm. And it is a sentiment to 
who they are and what they believe in and, and the things that they think they deserve and they do deserve. Right. And, and so we, we will not waver. We will not uh, go against them. We stand with them. And, and so the mood in our program right now is optimistic. We, we're, we're real optimistic at, at what the outcome can be and what it will be. Uh, even as early as uh, three o'clock, four o'clock today, we started to see uh, guys that were on the list that had not been certified or that, we're waiting things to happen university-wise has started to change now. And so, you know, uh, kudos to Commissioner McClellan uh, from the SWAC that decided to take it amongst himself to send some of his staff members down to help. Uh, I think a conversation between him and Coach Simmons kind of, you know, jogged that to get that going. So kudos to him for always being forward thinking uh, to realize that, you know, one shortcoming of everybody is a shortcoming for this entire conference. And it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of positive things going on in the conference and, and throughout the league. And so he's not going to let one uh, thing diminish that, that light from shining as bright as it has mm-hmm. been over the last couple months throughout the SWAC nation. So we, we really appreciate him for doing that. So what does it say about the, the players, the student athletes to, you know, fight through this adversity? Obviously, there were rumors about them maybe not playing, maybe not traveling to North Carolina, but deciding to not only travel, but to play. And then the effort that they put forward and then to come back and, and band together, come together, uh, put together this letter and just everything they've had to deal with in balance. They just talk about the character of the team and the leadership there. Man, it's second to none, you know. Uh, we, we have a good group, like I said earlier, a good group of seniors that uh, decided a long time ago, you know, that they were going to be that group that changed the narrative of, of what is uh, family football. You know what I'm saying? They, they were the group that Coach Simmons brought in in his first year and, and to develop a, a culture and develop a leadership style that we, we are going to work. We're going to outwork everybody. You know, we may not win a whole bunch of games, and we may not do this, that, and the third, but the one thing you're never going to question is our work ethic, and that has turned into win. And so those guys are the ones that have set the tone for the entire program, and, and, and they're the ones that are taking the bull by the horn each and every day, and, and they carry that flag, per se, for us to know that, you know, we have a group of leaders that anything uh, comes about. They're going to stand right there in the forefront, and they're going to be on the front line, and they're going to take it, and, and, and they're going to do it so that the guys behind them know that this is how you lead. It's not always about, you know, talking the game. And then when it's time to come and step out in the forefront, you kind of hide behind, you know, somebody else. These guys, uh, a majority of them have graduated already with their bachelor's. Some of them have graduated with their bachelor's and their master's, right? A good bit of them are, are or have been, you know, first team, second team, all conference guys, you know. So they're not just saying, do this because it's the right thing to do. They got tangible evidence of why you should. And so those guys that are, you know, our younger guys, our underclassmen, they follow their lead tremendously because the proof is in the pudding. So, you know, those guys represent everything that we stand for in this program. Yeah. And we we trust and believe in them and in their leadership and whatever they say, we're we going to ride with it. Definitely. So Coach Simmons has uh, you know, talked about after the game, just the team really showed that it belongs at that level. He talked about the character and the resolve of the team as well after the game. What else can you share with us about his feelings on how the team performed and just where they are? 
you know, Coach is, uh, like I said before, he he's an optimistic guy, right? And so everybody wants to go into the game and, and, and wants to win. That That's the ultimate goal in our profession is to have more wins than you have losses. Uh, and so, you know, he tells our guys all the time that if we do the things that we're supposed to do, if we take care of the football, you know, don't turn it over, if we create explosive plays, if we get first downs, defensively, if we just make them snap it one more time, right, don't give up the big play, don't give up the big chunk yardage, that at the end of the game we'll be right where we're supposed to. And if you look at Saturday night, uh, we didn't execute a lot of the things that we must do in order to be successful in the football game. We didn't protect the football. We, we gave it to them, I think, three times, mm-hmm. right? We turned it over three times. One of them was a real crucial uh, turnover right before the half. Uh, mm-hmm. That could have, you know, if we don't turn it over there, if we, you know, get some points, it's a uh, it's a little closer ball game. You know, mm-hmm. we're going down one score compared to going down two scores. Uh, you know, we put the ball on the ground, a couple fumbles later on, and then we we didn't make them snap it again. You know, we we didn't do a good job later on in the game of of tackling the football and keeping it in front of us. So, you know, he feels like those are things we can't control. It's not a big glaring, you know, we did things that were uncharacteristic of us and and that they can't be fixed. The things that we had happen over the course of Saturday night are fixable. You know, mm-hmm. we can now look, instead of trying to force that corner ball in to uh, the wide receiver running that corner route, we can check it down. You know what I'm saying? And live to see another down. Or, you know, instead of trying to make the big hit, we just run our feet and wrap up and make that tackle. Now they got to snap it again. You know, so those are things that can be fixed. So coach feels really, really good about where we are right now after after our week zero matchup. You know, he uh, the one thing he told the guys Saturday before we left the hotel was at the end of the day, you know, win, lose or draw. I want Coach Brown to walk over the midfield and say, Coach, your guys played hard. They played mm-hmm. tough. They never gave up. They gave us a fight for the entire time that we was out here for all four quarters. And at the end of the day, that's what happened. They mm-hmm. did that. And so, you know, yeah, you want to win the game. You want to be able to say that you've gotten that done. But but when it's all said and done, we accomplished uh, – if we had five goals going in, I'd say we accomplished three of those five. So okay. it, it wasn't a bad day at the office. All right. Now, one bright spot, I'm pretty sure you would agree – for the team, at least from you know most observer standpoint, was the emergence of quarterback Jeremy Musa. Obviously, twenty-eight for thirty-eight, two hundred seventy-nine yards, a couple touchdowns down. We were led to believe people on the outside looking in that there was this uh, quarterback competition, this battle going on through fall, fall cap. So, you know, for my eyes, uh, you know, it looks like you guys have have a signal call, and I think Coach Simmons announced him as being the starter at least for you know next week. So, just talk about what it will mean for this team if he can be consistent behind center this season. Man, you know what, Corey? Um, in all honesty, uh, we 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 did have one going into camp, right? Uh, Rashawn was our returner. Uh, he led the team, you know, to nine wins last year in the playoff berth for the first time in twenty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he had a he had a really really good spring ball when Jeremy came. You know they competed throughout spring practice, and those guys, uh, you know, despite contrary belief, those guys are really really good friends. Mm-hmm. You know they 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 spend time together outside of this field house and outside of the practice field and meeting rooms. And so there, there was a battle going into camp, and both of those guys embraced it well. You know they both competed their behinds off. Uh, they they have the the trust of their teammates. 
You know, they, they, their teammates believe that we can win with either one of them. And Rashawn has shown that we can win with him. And, and Jeremy shown Saturday night that, that he can play the game of football, right? And so, uh, unfortunately, Rashawn had a couple things that, that transpired towards the end of training camp that, that kind of put him uh, a day or so behind. And so not trying to rush him back in, we kind of eased him back into practice. And uh, I just found out today, I didn't know it, because I kind of hang out on one end of the sideline and I don't really kind of move around a whole lot. But Coach said, you know, during the course of the game, Rashawn came to him and said, Coach, I know I was supposed to go in at a certain time. He's like, but you can't put me in. Wow. He said, Jeremy is playing way too well. Wow. And, and there's no need to mess up his rhythm. So I'm good. Like, let's keep doing what we're doing. And that just shows the type of leader that he is. It shows the type of young man that he is. And and it goes back to what I said earlier. It shows that our team has a really, really good nucleus of leaders that are unselfish and that are all for this team and not for themselves. Hmm. Wow. So you guys lost, I think, five coaches from a season ago. Uh, eight coaches, if you factor in the ones who took on dual roles. So obviously that's a big transition for you guys. Talk about the new additions to the staff and what that transition has been like. Oh, man. It, it, it's been it's been great. You know, I, I love each and every one of those guys that were in the program last season. Uh, but it, it started uh, shortly after uh, the coaches convention out in San Antonio. Uh, coach Ryan Stanchek, who was our co-offensive coordinator and O-line coach, uh, he got an opportunity to leave and go to Austin P and get reunited with one of his good friends in the business. And so he decided to take that and as a better opportunity for him and his family. Uh, so he did. And and we replace uh, Coach Stanchek with, with Coach Joe Henry, who is no stranger to us. Uh, Coach Henry was on Coach Simmons' staff out at Prairie View, and he followed Coach Simmons here uh, in 2018 when they came to Tallahassee. And then he he had aspirations of wanting to go and learn to be an offensive line coach and, and learn from some high-power guys in the coaching profession. And so he left, and he went uh, to several SEC schools as an analyst, as a assistant online coach and so when coach had the opportunity to bring him back you know he did that and so he brought him back as co-offensive coordinator and then uh coach black uh ended up getting the job with uh the los angeles rams mm-hmm. uh after he did a coaching fellowship with them and so he took that job that left open the quarterback job well then coach shane tucker who was our running back coach he decided to take a job back at his alma mater at Middle Tennessee with Coach Stock, so that opened up a running back job, right? So now we have to replace Coach Black. We got to replace uh, Coach Shane, Coach Shug, and so we ended up hiring Marcus Wyndham, you know, Mississippi guy. Marcus mm-hmm. is over at Delta State. Uh, had worked with T.C. Taylor before, you know. what I'm saying I know y'all name, know y'all love that name. Oh, yeah. You know, he worked with T.C. and. TC kind of gave him a really good recommendation and some other guys. So we hired Marcus to coach the running backs. And then we were in limbo. We wanted a quarterback guy, you know, to help with the offense, do all of that. And so coach kind of started coaching the quarterbacks throughout the rest of the spring. And so as we went through the interview process, interviewed several guys, everybody kept telling coach, you know, from the quarterback room, coach, why don't you coach us? Why don't you coach us? Mm-hmm. So coach took it amongst himself to find a special teams guy. And instead of hiring a quarterback coach, he had a special teams coordinator and he took on the role of coaching the quarterbacks on a day-to-day mm. basis. So we hired Ryan Davis, 
uh, Ryan Chili Davis as our uh, special teams coordinator. And out of all of the guys that we've hired, Chili has probably been uh, the biggest godsend. Mm. Because just to have someone that all they do is focus on special teams is like huge. And so he was a, a great addition. So we were rolling. We got our staff done. Everybody's good. And then all of a sudden, Coach Sharp, who was our co-defense coordinators and safeties coach, he gets a call from Purdue, takes a job at Purdue. So he leaves probably about a month or so before training camp. Uh, so we hired James Cozy to replace him, you know, played at Florida State. Uh, he's been a former head coach, former defense coordinator. So that was good. And then right after media day, we went to Birmingham for SWAC Media Day, and Coach Bubba McDowell, who was on Coach Simmons' staff at Prairie View, mm-hmm. is now a new head coach there. So he had an open position for a defensive back coach. And so he came and asked Coach, could he interview our Nichols coach, Dan Lipke, and he ended up hiring Dan. So Dan left probably a week or two before camp. Enough. Yeah. And then we hired Davon Morgan, who was the – Defense coordinator lives at uh, at Elizabeth City, mm-hmm. and he came on to coach in the secondary. So we kind of moved some parts around in the secondary. So Davon is coaching safeties, Coach Cozy is coaching the corners, and uh, Coach Billy Roll and one of our defensive grad assistants, Orlando McKinley, are coaching the nickels. So we had to we had to revamp you know a lot of things, but ultimately the schemes and and everything that we do is still the same. Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! All right, so let's talk about this team. Obviously, we've seen them in action. We got a, a sneak peek, sneak preview. Not sure how much y'all gave away, how much y'all put on display, but we'll let you tell it. We'll let you give it away. <laughs> but uh, let's start with uh, Xavier Smith. We all know, all, all of the SWAC fans, HBCU uh, fans, probably a household name by now. He didn't disappoint 10 catches, uh, but other than him, I don't think another receiver had more than four catches. So, you know, he's supposed to be the rack boy. So we're going to have some rack this year from FAMU. I mean, talk about that wide receiver room, but but really who's going to need to step up behind Xavier? Oh, man, the rack boys are always going to be the rack boys. Uh, you know, they, they, they're clone rack boys 2.0. They don't want to take away from the original rack boys mm-hmm. and what they did. You know, we don't throw it around as much as they did in mm-hmm. the original days. But uh, by far, Xavier is the leader of that group. Uh, he he's the elder statesman in there for all intents and purposes. Um, yeah, he gets it done. You know, he he can get it done from any way that you that you put the ball in his hands. Whether it's you know kick return, punt return at wide receiver, he is one of our most explosive playmakers that we have. And so we trust him with the football in his hands, and we know he's going to make good decisions. But like you said, there were you know some other balls that went around. You know, and uh, we got some of the guys back. Uh, okay. David Manigo is back. Uh, one of our one of our playmakers outside. Uh, we added uh, Trey Davis in transfer portal here in the in the uh, spring. He went through all spring practice with us and got his first action as a rattler. Uh, caught him up his first touchdown. So they officially knighted him as a rat boy on Saturday okay. night once he once he, he got into it. the end zone. So so uh, we we're we're gonna be loaded as ever at the wide receiver spot, but we're gonna be led by Xavier and he, and he does a great job. Uh, both on the field and off the field of leading that group and, and getting them in the right place. Mm-hmm. And in the backfield, you lost another big name, uh, Bishop Bonnet from last year. It was almost a thousand yard back. I think six yards a pop, pretty big shoes to fill. Uh, Terrell Jennings, he got the bulk of the carries in week zero. So is he a guy that's expected to carry the load? Or is it going to be a stable of backs? Just what's the prognosis on that backfield? 
Yeah, yeah. Terrell is is, is the uh, the leader of that group. He comes in. He uh, was second last year in rushing, I think, behind Bishop. And so he's coming in as the leader of that group. We've added um, some some more firepower there. We have some young guys in that room that that will be uh, a force over the next couple of years. But we have another senior that played last year as well in Jalen McLeod. And, and Jalen is another big back. Uh, he's about 240, 245, uh, real downhill guy one cut guy he's not the real jukey guy that's trying to make you miss he's gonna lower his shoulder and try to get what he can get right and so him and terrell make a a solid one two punch and then we added aj davis from the transfer portal as well too from uh university of pittsburgh and so aj is still trying to you know get into the mix and and, and get into the scheme of what we got going on uh so once aj finds his rhythm which i know he will uh here soon he got to get back in the game shape you know uh he got here uh, a few days in training camp, so he he was a tad bit behind some of those other guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have we have those three, and then we have DeAndre Francis back, who's a a speed guy. Uh, DeAndre has a track background. He redshirted for us last year. I think he played a couple snaps in the OBC last year, uh, but he's back. And then we have a couple freshmen in the mix. So that that room is loaded. It, it has a bunch of talent, and we're going to rely on them heavily because we want to be a team. Uh, that's known for our balance, and we want to run the football first. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're going to definitely put our best foot forward to run the football. Right. And speaking of running the football, I want to throw it back to the old line. You mentioned it earlier. You mentioned a couple injuries, but uh, going heading into this season, there were two big departures from that unit that I think you guys gave up the fewest uh, sacks in the SWAC last season, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, again, two big losses, all-American guys, all-SWAC guys. We're talking about Keenan Forbes. Talking about it at Jay Jackson Williams, but it was announced, as you said, that two other offensive linemen went down in that game. And that's in addition to the offensive linemen who were already not in the lineup. So I guess a two-part question. Number one, how much optimism was there regarding this unit heading into the season? And then now how much optimism, or I guess how much has that optimism optimism waned, if at all, with everything that has transpired? Uh, it was a bunch. Uh, it was a bunch of optimism. I mean, anytime you lose a guy like Keenan Forbes and, and, and Jay Williams and, and also Jalen Spader, who started every game at center, okay. I think the center position is, is one of those ones that goes unnoticed. But if, if you don't have a quality center, you, you can't have a quality offense. you got to get the ball to the quarterback for him to do whatever it is that he does. So losing those three guys up front and then another solid uh, player in uh, Jalen Brayboy. Uh, who played guard for us, uh, was a swing guard, could play left or right, you know, losing those guys and only returning Cam Coven as as the only starter from that group, that there was a lot of work to be done. You know, we had a bunch of guys that we signed uh, that red-shirted last year that didn't get any snaps. You know what I'm saying? So you, you, you're looking at losing a whole bunch of snaps in the guys that left and replacing it, quote-unquote, with a whole bunch of redshirt freshmen that hadn't played a college snap. So we, we went heavy into the transfer portal. We went heavy in JUCO. Uh, Coach Stanchek signed a few guys before he left. And then Coach Henry came in and picked up what he left off and got some guys signed. And, and we got we got a, a good stable of guys uh, in that room. Of course, we didn't have them all on Saturday. Uh, that's obvious. It's, it's out there for the world you know, mm-hmm. to read about and hear about. But uh, the optimism is still high. Because like I said earlier in the, in the show, you know, we're starting to get uh, some approvals in and we're starting to get some guys back. So okay. I think by the time we hit uh, Hard Rock Stadium at three o'clock on, on Sunday, I think we'll have uh, 
our optimism is be as high as it as it was going into the season because we'll have a lot of those pieces back up front. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's switch it over to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, one of the best defenses in the SWAC last season. You lose the Marquise Bell, obviously. Uh and he's been doing a really good job with the Cowboys in camp. Definitely. So kudos yeah. to him. Yeah. But uh, what do you think it'll take for this defense to duplicate that success from last season? It'll be tough, but what do you think uh it'll take? Oh man, it, it it's uh it'll take an act of God <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. It, it, Marquise Bell don't come around all the time. That's right. Uh, and so there's no replacing him, right? We can only try to hope that uh, the guys on that back end can do a collective job of, of picking up the pieces where Marquise left. Uh, and not only Marquise, but you have a, a, a Wiley veteran like uh, Antoine Cardi, who transferred into us last year from Central Florida and mm-hmm. started, you know, three years at Central Florida and then came in and picked up our defense uh, the terminology and the scheme really quick, really smart football player. Uh, so to lose those guys as, as your two safeties, uh, we had to go in the spring and figure out what we were going to do there. Uh, but it, it goes without saying our defense starts up front and it, it starts with the Buck Buchanan award winner, Mr. Isaiah Land himself, AKA the sack master. Uh, we, we go as he goes. Uh, and I, I think it was evident Saturday that when he was not in the game, uh, and not in the stadium, that we didn't really get a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback. So the the Rattlers, the dark cloud defense goes as as Mr. Land goes. And, and he has a plethora of guys around him up front, uh, one in Gentle Hunt, who, you know, is playing with a little chip on his shoulder because Gentle feel like he's one of the best defense alignment in the swag, and he didn't get that uh, acknowledgement going into the season to be a preseason guy, right? And so we we feel confident having Gentle up there, that, that we can stop the run with the best of them. Uh, Donald Hall is another one, Stanley Mentor, um, Richard Summers. Uh, we added Dre Jones from Abilene Christian this uh, during the spring semester. And uh, Kamari Stevens has really had a really, really good training camp and is playing really well. He's finally healthy. Uh, he's been in the program for a little while, but he's kind of battled some injuries off and on. So he's finally healthy. So we have a really, really good uh, group up front. And then they're backed up by some really, really good linebackers. Uh, Nadarius Fagan is is the quote unquote leader of that group. He's he's been here for a while. He he was one of the league uh, team leaders in tackles last year. He's also one of the vocal leaders of this team. And, and that linebacker group, the real men as they call themselves, they they uh, they kind of go. They play to his lead. You know, what I'm saying he's one of those guys that it's kind of hard to get him off the field just because of some of the things that he's able to do on the football field. Uh, and then our secondary group led by B.J. Bowler, first-team all-conference guy, you know, first-team uh, all-swag last year, preseason all-swag, all-American, you know, all of that type stuff. B.J. does a great job out wide and leading those guys on the back end, you know, to get us in the right place. And, and he's a ball hawk. He finds a football. He has a knack for doing it. And so, you know, we don't we don't try to compare what we have now to what we had, right? Like I said, you can't. You can't replace a Marquise. Marquise could have a twin and he couldn't be Marquise. Right. So uh, we just we just want to build on what those guys established last year and see whether we can take it to new heights this year uh, moving forward into the season. Absolutely. So we're looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to this game. Last year was a classic. It lived up to the hype. We expect it to live up to the hype again this season. But I do want to just throw it back to our, our previous show. Last season, we had you on the show, you know, towards the end. I don't know if you remember this, but I, I, I kind of let you have center stage and 
you went on this um uh, it was like a two three four five minute it was, it was almost like a, a soliloquy if you will just going on and on about fam you this fam you that and uh it was quite interesting but you know the power of the internet you can go back and, and pull stuff up so let's uh let's just pull it up and see what mr uh troy had to say last year wow. yeah on the tiger talk with the 1400 club on the preview show let's see if we can see what mr troy had to say if we can rewind back and the muscles and the legs grow tired from those hard charging running backs you must always remember, Corey, that the rappers will strike and strike and strike again. <laughs> okay, so that's that's how you end the show. I, I let you have it. I, you know, I just let you have your moment. So let's evaluate <clears throat> those comments. You said the, the rappers would strike, strike, and strike again. So let's take a look at the game. Okay, so bam, you came out. They kicked the field goal. So I, I guess that's that strike, right? So, okay, one for one. Okay, a little bit later on, FAMU comes back down, kicks another field goal. So, okay, two for two, strike, strike. So it's that third strike that I'm I'm having trouble finding and locating because if my memory serves me correctly, it was 7-6 Jackson State. So strike, three points, strike, three points. But this strike again, I don't recall FAMU striking again, and they end up losing the game. So – what do you a what do you have to say for yourself and b what statement what bold statement are you going to make this time court you know you you do a great job man and and i really appreciate how you uh you know go back to the to the previous show and bring back you know clips and all Mm -hmm. that type stuff the internet go away you know all of your followers are are really going to chime in and be in the comment section when you put this out right Mm -hmm. But the crazy thing about a rattler. Okay, here we go. Every time a rattler strikes you, it puts a little bit of venom in you every time. And according to how hard it strikes you and according to how fast it strikes you, that venom may not take, you know, it may not take to your bloodstream right then, you know? So, yeah, we we struck and we struck, and then, you know, we didn't get that third strike. But guess what happened? What happened? That venom just started to get into your bloodstream. Now nah, y'all had some antidotes, you know. Y'all y'all had a little, uh, you know, the, the the COVID vaccine. Y'all took a shot and everything, so it kind of streamlined it out, right? Mm-hmm. But that third strike is always the most dangerous one. So just be careful, Corey. Just be careful, because come Sunday, if that third strike gets you, and yeah. that venom gets back in your system, ain't nothing you're gonna be able to do, buddy. There you go. So I like how you you learn your lesson, learn from your mistakes that that key, because I can easily, you know, one year from now I can play this. But you slid one little small keyword in there that's just gonna throw me off next season if if I have to rewind back to it. You said if, if, smart man, if. I'm gonna let you have it because you we'll you see. guys y'all y'all got the trophy. It's in Jackson. It's probably in that brand new uh, renovated. Field house, I don't know what y'all call it in the Peyton Center. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And y'all took half of the building over there, got the brand new lockers with the TVs on it and everything. The new, mm-hmm. the new equipment room with all the mobile shelving in there and all that. New washers and dryers. You know what I'm saying? Nice clean furniture in Coach Prime office with all the sayings on the wall. Yeah, so y'all probably got the trophy somewhere in there. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's cool. Just hold on to it. Absolutely. Just hold on to it. 
Eventually, it's coming back. Okay, I hear you. We well, we have it. We have it on record. We have it on record. But man, definitely again, I appreciate it always, man. Whenever we call you, like I said earlier, you know, it's your third, fourth, fifth time being on Tiger Talk, second time as a family rattler. And uh, for our listeners who don't know, our viewers who don't know, obviously Troy uh, has been uh, with Jackson State as well. So he was always uh, willing to come on the show when he was with Jackson State and didn't change when he went over there to Tallahassee. We we definitely appreciate it. I I appreciate you, man. I appreciate everything y'all do over there, man. Y'all are uh, moving in the right direction. Shout out to A.D. Rob for his – his unwavering leadership to, for you guys and, and continue to put Jackson state on the mantle, uh, prime and, 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 and Tamika and, and Omar mm-hmm. and all those guys over there that, that are constantly winning championships and setting that bar high for everybody else to follow. I mean, you guys do a really, really good job. And, and I, I just thank you and I appreciate you for putting me on the show, man. And, and just talking a little bit about family and what it is we have to offer. And hopefully, you know, hopefully I uh, get to see you uh, over the next couple of days down in, down in South Florida. No doubt about it. Looking forward to it. And we, we still appreciate you for everything you did when you were there. Your name continues to come up. I know you talked about the new facilities that we have. And, you know, I know you're not going to toot your own horn, but obviously you contributed in some ways to that in the initial stages. So I'll, I'll go out and, you know, I'll say that for you. You were a part of it in the beginning. So I know you were proud to kind of look back on it and see what it actually turned out to be. So, again, we thank you for all you that you that you did for us. And I wish you the best, fam. You Other than when you play Jackson State, we wish you guys the absolute best. All right, man. As always, go route and see you guys on Sunday in Hard Rock. We'll see you on Sunday. And that'll do it for episode 262 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users. Rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Video, YouTube, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag the I love. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.